listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey, this is Todd Urey, CEO of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We're here live in Orlando, Florida at the National Community Pharmacists Association's 2023 coverage show. We can't wait for you to hear these amazing interviews. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's press coverage of the National Community Pharmacy Association's annual conference. Hundreds of pharmacists, pharmacy owners, technicians, and students attended the 2023 NCPA annual convention at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando between October 14th and October 17th. Thank you to the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, known as IPC, for being our media support sponsor for this three-part series. And now, here's part one with our host, CEO and founder of the PPN, Todd Yuri. One of the most energizing and inspiring people that I met in pharmacy through PDS years ago, probably over 10 years ago, was Kelly Babcock. And she is here with us at the IPCRX booth here at the NCPA 2023. Kelly, I cannot believe that it's taken this long to get you on one of our shows. I can't either, Todd. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Oh, my goodness. You've always, like I said, you've always been inspirational to me. You talk with not only authority, but you talk with joy. Uh, and I picked that up in your voice. Thank you. I, I certainly try to bring that to the table. This is, and it's easy because I have such a passion and, um, and, and a heartfelt desire to support independent pharmacy. It's easy. And this has just been the greatest show to be able to reconnect with old friends and make new ones and to see folks that I've, I've known for years yep. like you. So thank you yep. for having me. Well, you're very, very welcome. It's good to have you here. You know what? Um, there's an aspect of, of community pharmacy that I was talking with Dr. Ken Tai about with 986 Pharmacies, and that was the subject of leadership yes. and how the NCPA is leading community pharmacies from so many aspects, especially policy development, PBM reform, and we understand that. But if we start to get home, we start to take ourselves to our pharmacies, and a community pharmacy owner sets at the end of the day, and they, they're realizing, what am I doing right, and what am I doing not so right or, or wrong in not leading my team in order to get more for less sometimes because there's sometimes there's less money in the pot right. and I want you to speak on the concept of leadership because you have spent years and years and years defining what is leadership and how to roll that leadership concept out to community pharmacy owners. Well, absolutely. So, Todd, let me just say that, um, ironically, 13 years ago, when we surveyed independent pharmacy owners about the number one pain point they experienced, universally, it was leadership, how to be a leader. Um, it, clearly trained to be a pharmacist, and yet now I'm running a business. Yep. Now I'm, I'm operating at a different level. I have people that are responsible, that I'm responsible for. And how do I, how do I motivate, how do I inspire, how do I manage these people to get the best performance and the best results for the business? And so fast forward, 13 years later, leadership and confidence in leadership is still at the top of the list. And, and this is not just the world according to Kelly Babcock. This is NCPAs having surveyed its members and understanding that it is still, it, it still feels elusive. Mm -hmm. And so 
my my desire and our goal with creating my business partner Terry Norvell and I, um, you know, we actually co-developed and co-facilitated an advanced leadership program for independent pharmacy owners and their teams that we've now delivered since 2013, so 10 years ago, to literally over a thousand pharmacy owners and their teams through pharmacy development services. And and so we we know we we see it in action. We know what works. We wanted to create a program and and that really helped people break it down. Yeah. Like you said, it's you know when they get back into their pharmacies and it's Monday morning and it's now I might be the oh my gosh, I might have the best clinicians, I might have rock star technicians. At the end of the day, if I personally am not confident in my leadership ability. Mm -hmm. So we want to break it down. We just, we created a formula. Let's make it this easy. Let's make it concrete. Let's give you the tools and the resources necessary to just lead yourself first and then lead your team. And I know that NCPA is wildly supportive of that. And we hope to partner with them in the, in the coming months ahead to bring a program like that to, um, NCPA members, um, Listen, you have to start with managing yourself first and being a leader in your own life. And, and then that, you know, it's that, that old saying that a rising tide floats all boats. So yeah. you elevate your skills in one area and you begin to show up, uh, you know, who you are is how you lead. So we focus a lot on getting you clear on who you are so that you can be the best version of yourself and then lead your team with passion, with competence, with confidence. Yeah. That's very important. Well, I struggle with consistent leadership myself, so I would understand pharmacy owners who reach out to you to say, Kelly, where do I start? So how does a, how, if someone's listening right now, they didn't get to come to the NCPA, maybe they did, but they didn't get to have a chance to talk with you, how do they reach out to you? Find us easily. It's leadershipgrowthformula.com. And Kelly at leadershipgrowthformula.com, well, that's a mouthful, is my email address. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, um, we, Instagram, you know, um, Terry Norvell and I are committed to supporting, our mission is very simple help you be a better leader. Mm -hmm. We just want to support you in being a better leader. And we know that exponentially the impact that that can have in this community, in the independent pharmacy community. And so we're committed to providing, um, you know, on-site programs. We are doing live two and a half day sessions throughout the year. So there's a, I believe that there's a way for us to customize this for any leader in the independent pharmacy space and community pharmacy leadershipgrowthformula.com. Once more with feeling, leadershipgrowthformula.com. And, and, if, and if you can't find Kelly on LinkedIn or the, the web, if you reach out to Pharmacy Podcast, I will get you in touch with Kelly. Absolutely. We have to have you back. I want you to come back. Let's do it this week in pharmacy. Yes. Uh, let's talk about leadership. Let's, Without let's question. This. Y- you will find, as you now know, that I am not short <laughs> on things to say about leadership. It's just, it's been my passion. Um, you know, I've managed and led teams for my entire adult career. And it is the most challenging and yet can be the most rewarding thing you ever do. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you, you, Kelly. Thank you, Todd.
was jealous of an interview that Ashton did with Bruce Nealon uh, on Pharmacy Crossroads because I wanted to ask you some additional questions. So I am glad you're here at the IPC booth at the NCPA 2023. Ashton, welcome to the show. Todd, thanks for having me on. So you are fascinating with what you're building through IPC, the digital health portfolio. I want you to give our listeners, just in case they haven't understood what's actually being built, um, this is exciting. The clinical monitoring, documentation, um, the point of care testing, and actually what makes me more excited is getting paid for stuff. So talk to our listeners about, about this new division. Yeah, certainly, uh, Todd. So first and foremost, I, I just want to be able to say that it, it's definitely been a team effort at IPC. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, what I've been building, it's it's an actuality. It's what the team's been building together as a group. Uh, you know, it started out with a vision. Uh, we went through the ideation stage, and we, we put ourselves in a position to be able to take a look at what our, you know, after listening to our members, what are our members' needs. Um, we looked at the type of innovation in the sense of, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, what you know, what's out there today, telehealth, telemedicine, how do we blend it all together, uh, you know, as a member-owned cooperative to make sure that the value is there uh, end-to-end. And so uh, our company, IPC Digital Health, has a brand called iCare Plus. Uh, our goal was was to create a network under the brand. Um, and under that brand, there are five pillars. Uh, pillar number one, which we talked about before, is our telehealth uh, platform. Pillar number two, we focus on uh, home health kit and point of care testing. Pillar number three is people transport and uh, prescription savings uh, program. Uh, be, you know, being, a, uh, being a wholesale distribution company gives us the opportunity to develop our own formulary mm-hmm. and engage into offering our own discounts on generic drugs. Uh, very similar to what the discount care card providers, uh, how they work today, but the difference is, is that we have our own homegrown formulary um, and we have a whole special program around that, uh, which is much easier from a uh, prescription acquisition standpoint in terms of the fees that are typically tied around traditional cards. So that's a great opportunity for us as well. Uh, when I talk about people transport, um, you may have heard about our recent press release uh, that went out where we uh, engaged into a partnership with Uber Health. So one of our biggest uh, benefits into our remote patient monitoring platform that's, as part, of, that's part of our telehealth strategy is to have the opportunity to be able to get patients to their medically necessary appointments. Big problem there that uh, patients have faced and that uh, remote patient monitoring uh, platforms or reimbursements um, where they failed in the past is that we couldn't get the patient to the doctor in order to fulfill the the care plan. So when you talk about things like excited about reimbursement, Mm -hmm. um, it comes from fulfilling the obligation end to end of the protocol that's tied to a specific engagement or um, a disease state uh, where the patient requires intervention with the various care providers, including our pharmacists. Um, The final piece is what we're looking uh, to administer is a copay assistance program, a platform which we call patient affordability. Uh, programs. So we're under our iCare Plus network, we're able to represent ourselves uh, much more appealing to brand manufacturers that are looking to um, administer a, uh, uh, an opportunity when it comes to uh, expensive drugs with therapy treatments okay. uh, throughout uh, different demographics. So it's something that uh, we embrace, we're bringing into our culture as well. But realistically, I mean, it's a, it's a big project. So we have to take a step back 
and really evaluate what makes sense to launch first. And that's our telemedicine and telehealth platform. Um, we have various types of reimbursements built into it at a grassroots that focus on cash patient reimbursement. I'm not going to spill all the beans right now, but it's something we've been able to work uh, work into our platform. And then also integrations with home health kit labs. Um, home health kits is a way that we can merchandise, uh, uh, distribute from our distribution facility directly to the stores. And then the interoperability or the integration with the home health kit labs um, is a way for patients to receive the results directly into the mobile app. Okay. Uh, and at the same time, the, the pharmacist can go into the provider platform and take a look at those labs and follow up with a call on our platform as well. So, so it's, a, it's a major paradigm shift where there's a lot of community pharmacy owners listening right now and they think, my goodness, wh while there's opportunity here that's being built out of this platform and digital health tools and being able to be paid to do clinical services makes sense. That's a big paradigm shift from where we were for the last 100 plus years in, in pharmacy, which was all kind of driven by the NDC number and the medication that was being dispensed. So there's a challenge there for pharmacy owners to kind of think this through, especially if they think, is there is the payment going to come? Is it is it really going to happen? So talk to me about that whole concept of, of this big shift in, in what a pharmacist is going to do in the future. Yeah, so, you know, we like to say the future is now with the way we've strategized our platform. I think traditional platforms didn't really take off as, as well, in our opinion, because they weren't designed around the active CPT codes that are designed exclusively for remote patient monitoring um, and that were uh, released by CMS. Uh, we, we built our platform around the fundamentals, okay. very easy. Uh, the, the, the codes are published. If we're talking about government-based insurance, we get a patient involved into a care plan. The platform is customized in order to, care, to cater to that care plan. Pull the data and have it submitted for reimbursement using the physician's NPI. Uh, the second thing is, forget about even the insurance aspect of it. Think about the cash patient strategy. Okay. Um, we have our own provider network. What makes this unique is that we're able to break the barriers where historically may have violated, let's say, uh, Stark anti-kickback. We're dealing with a cash patient. There are no controls being written on the platform. We're dealing with a cash patient who's picked up the prescription and paid cash. We have the opportunity to incentivize our pharmacists directly for what we call telepharmacy light. So we spent an extreme amount of time. Uh, we extended our scope of research. Uh, we hired some of the most outstanding legal researchers and attorneys to work with our general counsel at IPC, another major benefit to our members, uh, advocating on behalf of this opportunity and found that we were 100% compliance with uh, signing off on umbrella agreements with our own providers, um, providing that we met the requirements uh, that were um, necessary in order to reimburse our pharmacists, providing they make a qualified uh, contact with that patient fulfill the intervention requirement mm -hmm. um, after that prescription's been uh, written on our platform uh, to them and that patient's picked it up uh, uh, paying cash. So, you know, we're, we created a self-administrative and uh, reimbursement process outside of the insurance, um, you know, insurance paradigm, so to speak, as phase one. We wanted to get this off the ground quickly. We also created what we call that integration with home health kit labs. 
so we can merchandise material. We can merchandise um, uh, critical, important uh, home health tests mm -hmm. directly from our stores. So patients uh, can save exponentially. Those that don't have insurance or even underinsured from having to go to a lab and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on uh, on a test that we're um, you know is much more affordable uh, at the store level and can yep. be you know sold directly at the store for a margin. Um, we looked at the simple things in terms of making sure that, you know, most patients don't really understand those lab results that come back. They need a help. They need a facilitator. Um, and I shouldn't speak for every patient, but I think it, it becomes more complex when you have lab results that come back. You're looking at the results and you're trying to make sense of them. If, if these results are coming directly back from their, you know, if you're connected to your, what we like to call the pharmacist as a provider, um, and they have access to those results, um, the, the simple feedback and the engagement between their pharmacist and them is realized in the result that comes back and the consultation tips that are built into that lab report. So the platform allows the two to engage, make sense of that report, and guess what? The patients saved thousands of dollars and the pharmacist made a little bit of money um, as part of, again, our phase one uh, deployment. So we, we took a lot of things in consideration. There's a big picture in terms of our future-proofing st uh, strategy, which you've, you've heard that, uh, that, um, that headline a lot in terms of future-proofing. Uh, independent pharmacy. We we have again the the luxury of doing a lot of things, being a, a distributor. Um, we've you know historically focused on a lot of uh, again, like you said, NDC molecules. But we're looking at also um, from the home testing standpoint, how can we make it even easier for the patients? We think we can drive a more compliant patient through our pharmacy network with the right tools and resources. And we believe that we can also uh, generate. Um, uh, stronger interest from from payers, private plans, because of that type of network status. So they're not just, let's say, working with independent pharmacy down the street. They're working as a uh, with an independent pharmacy that's known as iCare Plus. That's part of a much broader network with greater aggregated data and volume, in order to um, really, you know, address the needs in, in areas where there are social uh, uh, health uh, inequities, mm -hmm. for example. So. Um, yeah, we're very excited, you know, how far we've come. We're getting ready for uh, our process-based alpha test, what that means. It's something really simple. Uh, in order for us to support a program like this at scale, we have to make sure that it's embedded within the IPC infrastructure. Mm -hmm. That means the support services, everything that our members have come to trust and rely on from the traditional model and then modernized uh, model that can speak to these type of adherence-based digital platforms so they get the right service based on their type of need and then their patients are also caretake to, to as well. Um, the other uh, piece as well is, uh, uh, you know, we have to test our processes, which we like to call a sale-to-delivery approach. Mm. So we can take on an order, get it to the store, and then we trigger our training um, and get the stores ready to, to operate under um, the, the uniformed iCare Plus brand. Excellent. Oh, Ashton, we're going to be looking forward to hearing more about this and then eventually do some interviews with members who have engaged and are, have rolled it out. So I'm excited to, to be a part of this. It's, a, it's so great to be here at the IPC booth here at the NCPA 2023, and we, um, we appreciate your insights. No, no, no problem. We're very excited. You know, we're, we're in the process right now of, of generating a lot of buzz. Um, I think one of the things that we can't forget, and I think just me being on the the vendor side for so many years. I think the, the most important thing, uh, now that I've made the, the switch to the to the retail side, um, you know, 
our members need to really understand what we're investing in, in terms of long-term picture, what value yeah. we're bringing to the table. So to isolate it and kind of just keep it lock and key in a closet, that's not our strategy. So we're building the hype, we're making sure that we tell the story. It may not be as clear uh, to some folks that haven't really seen it end to end, but the key is, is that that's where our mindset is, that's where our expertise is, mm -hmm. that's where our team comes from. We're investing heavily in expertise, in simplicity, and we're taking this as a phase-in approach rather than just throwing a marketplace of programs out there and just saying, hey, you do with it what you please. Uh, you know, we're really heavily invested in end-to-end -end concierge, white glove service model, because that's the way we think this is going to work. We're there to help support our members, accelerate at this program, and like you said earlier, Todd, we're, we're, uh, we're mitigating the um, the reliance on uh, on prescription reimbursement because it's just really not there anymore. Not as much as it used to be. So. Great. Well, thank you, Ashton. Thank you. WVU School of Pharmacy with the class of what, 2020? 2025. My name is Tim South and I'm a third year student. And then what podcast is WVU working on as a collaborative show? So I am part of an interprofessional team of healthcare students. Uh, we are IRB approved. This is WVU funded to start a podcast that is working on spreading awareness of marginalized healthcare populations and stigma in healthcare and how we can provide better care as providers. The name of the podcast is West Virginia Voice or WV Voice. It's W-V-O-I-C-E. And we're going to be dropping our first episode in the next day or two. We're going to put out one episode per month for 11 months, looking at 11 different populations that are stigmatized or marginalized within healthcare. And then in the final month, we're going to have a panel of healthcare professionals talk about uh, potential ways to overcome some of those barriers that we see and look at some of the themes that come up uh, across all of these populations to better serve them in the future. WV Voice. You heard it here first. WVU School of Pharmacy. I'm excited to uh, have connected with you. We'll definitely um, help push this content out. If there's anything else that we can ever do for you to um, amplify what you're working on, let us know. But um, thank you so much for, for being part of this very short episode. Thank you so much for having me. We're here at the IPC booth here at the NCPA 2023 with Bill Drilling. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm Bill Drilling. I'm a pharmacist and co-owner of Drilling Pharmacy in Sioux City, Iowa. We're in the northwest corner of Iowa. We're combo pharmacy, meaning we're both retail and long-term care. We're a CPSN Iowa member, and we're trying to offer many different um, clinical services to our customers, um, such as rapid testing for COVID, um, influenza, and strep. We can also treat for um, strep and influenza in Iowa. We're doing A1C testing, lipid panel. We're putting together um, a, a wellness program. We're doing smoking cessation and we do, all, we do all the immunizations, plus we're going all over Sioux City to the lower, uh, to the smaller, far, smaller businesses, putting on uh, on-site uh, vaccination clinics. So what I'm, what I'm curious to hear from a pharmacy owner's point of view is the blending of community and long-term care. Now they're calling it long-term care at home. Yes. What are, you, what are you doing to evolve into that model? Well, I think that is definitely a good model to evolve into. I think that's the way of the future. We are um, 
we, we basically do all the services already. We do compliance packaging. We do deliveries. Um, so I, I think it's an easy transition for pharmacists to, to go into medical at home. And I think it's, it's a huge untapped market that we can all work toward and work our pharmacies into. So one of the challenges that I've heard from other pharmacy owners who are wanting to build their long-term care at home is having coverage 24 hours a day of being able to have a pharmacist maybe possibly answer a question. How are you um, navigating and or overcoming that? Well, we're still kind of working on that because that is a challenge. And I, I don't think I have a um, 100% answer. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, and we have... Um, We've worked with um, GeriMed too, and they're they are a IPC preferred vendor, and they have a, a coverage company called GeriScript, and I thought I might look into that and see how that would work out. So, what is it like to be part of a buying group that you're actually an owner in? Tell me about the the um, the experience of working with IPC. Well, it, it's it's for us, it, it's been a wonderful experience that. Um, Everybody that I've talked to or worked with at IPC has always has been wonderful to work with. Um, we, we've been very fortunate. They have a very good professional services team, and they've helped us, um, uh, you know, uh, navigate through different things and helped us, um, you know, help us get uh, new programs in the pharmacy going. And they, they really have the, the game-changing expertise that a small pharmacy needs. Um, then we've also, you know, taken advantage of the warehouse and their generic. So for us, it, it, it's been a very good, um, a very good fit. And we have, um, you know, we, at the end of the year, we always get our equity payouts, which is nice, which is a benefit of ownership. And you know, we have an independent board of directors. So it, it, it's been a really good deal for us. Excellent. Bill Drilling, we really appreciate your participation in the NCPA 2023 Post Show, and we uh, want to say thank you for being a community pharmacist. Well, and thank you, and I, I just think that, that we are a very fortunate person. I think I'm very fortunate to be a community pharmacy owner, and I'm very lucky to have such a nice community to work in. And I, I think all the independent pharmacies across the country can really um, offer more services and, and take better care of their patients in the chains. And I think that's why we need an IPC on our team because they can help us um, accomplish that goal. Thank you so much, Bill. You bet. David Vossadin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. All right, we are here, NCPA 2023, at the IPC uh, booth. It's been great to be part of this group. This group is full of energy. We're listening to some of the innovation coming out of the digital health initiatives that they're doing, being able to do clinical billing and testing, as well as uh, the, str the strategies around buying and, and really re being able to rely on a partner that has a bunch of members that are owners of the organization, but you can share ideas between each other. I want to hear your story, David, though. Tell me about your community. Tell me about the pharmacy that you uh, have built, Sierra Specialty Pharmacy. Share this with our listeners. Sure. Um, I've been... Uh I've owned a pharmacy since 1998, so about 25 years or so, 
give or take. Um, been very interesting run through, and, and I started in the full retail world, and now I've, I've kind of ended up in the uh, uh, long-term specialty or long-term care world, um, servicing homes and ALS facilities, um, and then also a, a, a compounding shop. So it's kind of been a little bit of a changeover for me um, over the years, but I'm very happy to be where I'm at right now, and I'm excited for the future. So, so there are some organizations that tiptoe into compounding that don't have to do sterile compounding, for example. They're just doing some basic things. Are you able to help other community pharmacies out with some more intense compounding needs? Um, I, I do not have what they would call uh, um, a 503B, 503B designation, so I can't give people compounds. I mean, I can give people my two cents worth, you know, <laughs> as far as that goes. I can do that all day long. But, um, you know, so I'm a single-use individual. You know, we do non-sterile um, hazard and, you know, uh, hazard and non-hazard product. So we're all compliant with the new USB 800, and it's coming out and all their regulations and stuff that's going to be active here fairly shortly. Yep. So talk to me about long-term care because that's how I entered pharmacy way back in 2004 was long-term care pharmacy and that's how I learned about pharmacy dramatically different in its pure state than community. However, we're starting to see this blend. We're starting to see this long-term care at home. So talk to me about the evolution of, of what you feel is gonna be taking place in long-term care pharmacy. So with uh, long-term care, it's gonna be kind of exciting to see what happens in the next few years with uh, you know reimbursements and, and all that. Um, you know, I, I, I service, I don't service any SNFs. So it's just ALS and group homes. And, and then uh, we, we have taken on some of the LTC at home um, patients and um, you know it's a great service it's a great service to provide to them um, and I hope it continues to 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 uh, grow the way they, they hope it's going to grow um, to be able to to get people the medication they need in, in, a, in a unit dose or to help the patient become compliant you know with their packaging or their their, their products it's only going to help them keep them out of the hospital and help their overall success and in and uh, being healthy. What do you think the biggest changes to um, to the business of pharmacy within the last five years? The biggest change I see in, in pharmacy is regulation. You know, we're all being squeezed on all the ends on regulation um, and, and then reimbursements. You know, it, it, we're trying to do more with less yep. and, and uh, we're always trying to find the niche the next niche market um, to help support our, our our love, which is pharmacy. You know, yeah, exactly. it's basically what it boils down to, and and uh, support our you know our our patients the way we feel they need to be supported. So, David, we appreciate your representation of being part of the board at IPC, um, as well as being part of the post show. Um, thank you for for participating, and thank you for what you do in your community uh, yep. through pharmacy services. Yep. Thank you.